Like her back will hurt and then she'll go and then I'll feel better. So I don't know. I don't know. I've just had too many. I've gone to chiropractors before and I've just, I feel like I've just had too many like six, two huge old men on top of me adjusting me in the most awkward way. And I feel violated a little bit afterwards. Welcome to the Web of Tomorrow. Uh, we're your hosts. I'm Adam Harris. And I'm Riley Carasquillo. So we're talking about JSON and Firebase. Okay, so let's talk about what JSON is. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Uh, it's just basically a data format, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how familiar are you with XML? With XML? Yeah. Um... So XML is a data format. But it's a little bit older, and it's like tag based. It looks like it looks like HTML. It's like in the bracket notation that oh, HTML's in. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. And uh, then JSON was, and I I've heard it pronounced both ways. I think I used to pronounce it Jason, like the name Jason. Oh, really? I've only ever heard it called but, JSON. Yeah, I think most people call it JSON. It was invented by Douglas Crockford. Who wrote like uh, JavaScript the good parts? Yeah, and it's like basically just a really simple data format, and it's really flexible. It doesn't have like a lot of extra characters around the data, like it's almost just pure data. And uh, I think I heard that he regretted the name that he gave it because JSON stands for JavaScript Object Notation because it's based off of JavaScript objects, but like the way JavaScript object literals work, but it's not specific to JavaScript. It can work in any language. And most languages have a way of dealing with um, this data format, just like any other data format. I was thinking about how JSON isn't like JavaScript dependent necessarily. Is right. it? Or it can work with a lot of different languages. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Does it get that wide of use? Do you know? That's a great question. I, I'm in the JavaScript world, so I right, don't yeah. really know. That's interesting. I actually didn't, before we started doing this, I was reading up a little bit about it and I didn't realize for some reason, I always thought it was just a JavaScript thing. Um, but I guess that's because my context is not very far reaching ultimately, um, or very experienced, but, uh, it's really interesting. Um, how uh really how simple it actually is it really it's almost like you just throw in in a very organized way but you just throw in your data in there (laughs) you know yeah yeah the json format can be used to represent really simple data or um really complicated data and you can use it to represent an entire database basically which is what firebase does yeah and 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 so the cool thing about, um, well, I guess, are we going to just jump into Firebase already, or should we talk about uh, JSON independent of Firebase first? Yeah, let's talk about JSON a little bit more. Okay. Yeah, yeah I saw here that JSON was specified in 2001, so it's only been around for 15 years. Isn't that crazy that 2001 was 15 years ago? <laughs> yeah, it is. Wait, are you, how old are you, Adam? 27. 27. So you, like me, 
have been in now almost what 80s 90s thousands tens yeah four different decades technically yeah isn't that weird to think about <laughs> but we're all, we're not even 30 yet yeah yeah so it's uh i first started learning programming when i was like 12 and then json was invented when i was like 13 so at that time there everyone would ju- would have just been talking about um xml and here's something that goes along with json ajax right ajax is a way to get data mm-hmm. and that's normally json data but ajax stands for asynchronous javascript and xml oh but I've hardly ever used actual XML with Ajax, like maybe one time. It's almost always uh, JSON. And so it's almost like uh, people people uh, took Ajax and you're like, nah, the X stands for JSON. <laughs> they just changed their minds all yeah, of a sudden. Because, I mean, Ajax uses a protocol called XML HTTP request or something like that. I don't know. I almost always use an abstraction over it instead of just calling the actual like low level function. Right. So I was trying to think about how in the context of what we've already talked about and taught. So one of the ways I guess that I've played around with JSON was I've mentioned this very briefly a few times, but when I learned Angular uh, you know, you create controllers and services and all that jazz to, you know, well, in my case, we were using it to deal with those back end stuff. So like JSON, like that data that's back there, um, just kind mm-hmm. of sitting there and, and, and we were using it so that we could recall information. So I think the most common example that gets used is this example of usernames and passwords. Okay technically have a huge database, uh, a, a live database, which is kind of like what Firebase is. But, uh, but in this case, we were, we were playing around with just a static one, right? Just a J- JSON document that was saved and already had stuff. And what we had to do yeah. was uh, we had to create a Angular, I think it was a controller and service that could pull that information out and have some sort of action occur, you know? So that could mean like logging in. So once we get that and it sees that it's there in my JSON database or JSON document, then you are given the okay and you can get in, which is kind of an authentication type. Uh, process. Yeah, so typically you'd be getting that JSON data from a server, some backend code that's accepting a request and then giving you the data in a JSON format. Or it could be from an external third-party API, like from the Flickr API or uh, Twitter API or something like that, and it gives you JSON data back. But yeah, I was just looking at the um, Flickr API, and um, it says the different request formats are REST, XML, or SOAP. And that's a different topic, but the response formats are XML, JSON, SOAP, some other ones. So yeah, typically what you'd use is called REST API and it returns JSON data. Yeah. And have we talked about REST, what a REST I don't API think so. is? Do you want to go into a little bit of detail about that as well? Because that kind of, that goes, ultimately is a really good bridge between what we're talking about and Firebase. So I was just looking it up and... There's there's one component to REST that I don't think gets used a whole bunch, but there's different HTTP verbs, and you're probably familiar with maybe two of them, get and post. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also some more called put and delete, 
And so the way a REST API would work is if you're getting data, you would use a GET request. If you're um, like adding data to a database, you would use a PUT request. And if you're deleting data, you use a DELETE request. But typically, I've seen REST APIs use GET for everything. Yeah, and I guess ultimately REST is um, is kind of like those guidelines of communicating with uh, with your data, I guess, for, with your code between your code and your data, right? Or like actually doing those actions of retrieving based uh, retrieving that data yeah. based on these little HTTP verbs. Yeah, it's like an it's a, a system of constraints of how to set up the way you communicate with the yeah. server. It's like, it's not hard coded anywhere. It's, it's just a system that it's a best practices. Ultimately, as you said, get and put are like your most common things. And then delete is uh, fairly rare, especially since people tend to want to keep their data no matter what. Yeah. And a third party <laughs> API is not going to let you do that unless you're authenticated. And so what I was going to mention is, so when you start getting to that level brings up, and I don't know if I'm going to jump the gun talking about this before we talk about Firebase, but when we've talked about like using Chrome developer tools, uh, a big part of the usefulness of that is you can test like your connection and run tests on bugs. And one really common bug that you find today with data is, is your code talking to those APIs like they should? Is it getting that get request through and getting what you want it to? And so there's an extension called Postman that is really nice for doing stuff like that. Yeah, that's a really good tool. And I think it's free. I, I use one that's actually a Mac app and it's paid, but it's really nice. And it's called Paw. Paw. I've never heard of Paw. P-A-W. Yeah, it's really nice. I'm going to look at that. Just lets you make a, a, a saved set of requests, and you can make those requests and then see what it returns. We probably should start talking about Firebase and what it is exactly. Yeah. But um, real quick, if someone in the future is listening to this and they're looking for something like Postman or Paw, and maybe those aren't around anymore, the type of thing you're looking for is a REST client. Oh, perfect, Adam. Thank you. Okay, so let's talk about... Firebase. So what is Firebase? It's like a third-party database that stores everything in a JSON representation. And the coolest thing about it, though, is that it's in real time. So you can know immediately anytime there's a change to that database. And you don't even have to ask Firebase. Because typically what happens is you you uh, say you've got a database out there. In order to find out when something changed in the database, you would have to poll it. P-O-L-L. And by polling, you would say, all right, well, maybe I'll check the database every 15 minutes and see if anything changed. Well, maybe that's not often enough. Maybe I need to check it every 30 seconds. And that's ridiculous to be checking something every few seconds and nothing's changed. What Firebase does is as soon as something changed, it just lets you know. So Firebase is a visual and physical almost representation. It's an app basically that deals with your your data. So it's called a REST API, which is basically like an actual app, you know, like with buttons that helps you deal with the live data that you have coming in and out uh, of your application. Yeah. And another term that goes along with Firebase is NoSQL. Yeah, NoSQL. So explain that a little bit. Right, because typically a database uses, um, is a relational database where everything's stored in tables and then you've got keys between the tables to figure out how they all relate. And then you've, you use a SQL language to query it. 
Um, but instead, this just stores JSON data. Right, exactly. And, and, and there's a certain way of um, querying for it, but it's different than SQL. Right, and this can be um, super useful to you in the real world with a real-world example. I use Firebase for something, kind of a toy project, but I thought it was pretty cool. So I listened to Pandora with a command line app called Piano Bar. And anyway, so this uh, Piano Bar thing has some hooks to let you know whenever you, you're starting a new song. And so I wrote a little, a little Firebase app in Ruby instead of JavaScript because you can, you can use Firebase in all sorts of different languages, not just JavaScript. And, it, and as soon as I listened to a new song, it would write the song up to the Firebase app and then it would display it on my website, like what song I'm currently listening to. So you could be on my website and then just see the song change immediately. You didn't have to refresh the page or anything. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another example is something like maybe you want to create a an app that connects to your restaurant, you know, and you want to receive order requests. And what basically could be really simple where people put this specific information in like their email, uh, their name and the order that they want, you know, so something as simple as that, basically three yeah. form fills and then they send it goes to Firebase and then on your side, on your side of the app, it uh, you're doing like some kind of like get request, I guess, on that, and uh, it, you're pulling the uh, requests, the order requests for your restaurant. And I would I would clarify that a little bit because it's not quite like you're pulling. You you can do that. Like initially, you'll pull the data, but then after that, as soon as the data changes or if there's new data, Firebase literally pushes it to you. So kind of like how push notifications work on your phone, right? Oh, right. Yeah, true. Apt description, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's about it. Uh, it's something that is super cool. Data is our world. Uh, most apps are making use of data in some way now. Yeah. And uh, it's free to try out. There's a, a limit on how much you can do on the free plan, but if you're just playing around with it, it's totally free. And little cool fact is Firebase is owned by Alphabet. Oh, right. Which is the, it's holding, the holding company, company for Google. For Google. <laughs> Anyways, we'll leave you with that little fact. I love Firebase. Firebase is pretty cool. You can follow us on Twitter at Web of Tomorrow FM. We're online at weboftomorrowpodcast.com. If you could give us a rating in uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher, we'd really appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening. Let us know if it's helping you. Uh, we're seeing a lot of people from different countries listening, and that's really cool. The U.S., United Kingdom, India, Germany, Canada, all sorts of places. And uh, I think if you're in your, in your review, you could say where you're from. That'd be really cool, too. And we'll see you next week. Next time on The Web of Tomorrow, we'll teach you how to create a program that will simulate real life, and then you can escape into it, and then you can never leave. <laughs> <laughs>